Show. Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. You found the Crowley Show. Where your mom listens, and you should too. 412-922-2874 is the number to call. Or you can join the cast of dozens. Follow me on Twitter, at underscore Adam Crowley. Brian LaMartina sitting across from a shirtless Tom behind the glass. Check them out on Twitter, at FBomber73, at ButtonPusher970. Tell your kids, tell your wife, we're doing radio up in here. Now, unless you're living under a rock or you're like Mike Francesa and the world just turns without you paying any mind to it, you got to know Le'Veon Bell is never wearing the black and gold again, did not sign the franchise tag by the 4 o'clock deadline. Mike Pursuta, the DVE Morning Show and the Steelers Radio Network joins us now to discuss. What's up, Mike? How's it going, Adam? It's going okay, how big of a villain should Le'Veon Bell be cast as in your eyes, Mike? You know, it's really hard for me to uh, come up with a, a number for you uh, or a, an adequate description. I mean, he's doing what he's allowed to do under the CBA. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I guess the most uh, egregious act you can commit if you're a player, you know, from a fan's perspective, is to not show up and, uh, you know, betray your team. But... Uh, you know, he left a lot of money on the table to do so. He must have had a pretty good reason. Um, they seem to be doing okay without him. <laughs> the question is, uh, can James Conner stay healthy, or are we going to see another Ben Tate slash Fitz Toussaint uh, carrying the ball, or in Toussaint's case, not carrying it in a playoff game? Yeah, that's what it boils down to for me. I put up a Twitter poll today saying, hey, do you want to see Le'Veon Bell show up before 4 o'clock? Do you want him to be a Pittsburgh Steeler? And 65% of the people came back and said no. And Well, they're all out of their minds. Adam. That, that, without a that doubt. That shows you how irrational and, and ridiculous fans can be. If you don't want this guy on your team, you're an idiot because he makes your team better. And don't give me all the crap about chemistry and all that. They're big boys. They're professionals. They're playing for money. He would have been able to help them win. End of story. If you didn't want that at your disposal, then you just uh, have no idea what you're watching. Yep, could not agree more, Mike. Uh, very well put. If James Conner goes down, or if this concussion winds up being a problem, he's supposed to practice tomorrow, but it is a concussion, I think Steelers fans will find out quickly that Jalen Samuels and Stephen Ridley aren't Le'Veon Bell, as we found out in the last game where Conner averaged five yards a touch and the other two average 1.4 and 3.3, uh, respectively. Um, but- and, you know, the other side of that, Adam, is even if Connor stays healthy, and I'm not saying they can't win the Super Bowl now that Le'Veon Bell has not reported, but they would have had a better chance to do that with him. And not just as Connor insurance for an injury, but we won't get to see what Randy Fickner might have come up with using both of those guys in the same formation. I think that would have been fascinating to explore. Oh, it really would have been, and I have faith that Randy Feetner would have cooked up some pretty nice things, given how well he's done already this year in season number one as the offensive coordinator. Uh, Moving on from Le'Veon Bell, I guess in this aspect, well, I guess it's really not moving on from Le'Veon Bell at all, James Conner has made this conversation entirely different, has he not? I mean, imagine if James Conner sucked, or imagine if James Conner had gotten hurt and we had seen already 
uh, the running backs that are behind James Conner. Uh, I think Steelers fans would have been more butthurt than they are now. Oh, no question, because the team wouldn't be doing as well, and they'd have to have somebody to blame. Because, as you know, when the Steelers don't win the Super Bowl, there is someone to blame. There's some conspiracy. There's some horrible call. There's some crime against humanity that prevented it. Uh, That said, James Conner's allowed that to happen, first and foremost, Adam, because of his ability to pass protect, to pick up blitzers and be reliable that way, which he was not a year ago, and because of his ability to establish himself not just as a route runner, but as a guy who could quickly get into check-down position and make himself available for Ben Roethlisberger. That's how he won the quarterback over, and that's what's allowed him to do all that other stuff. Last thing for you here on the Bell topic, because I do want to talk more about the Steelers that are going to be here for the rest of the year. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, uh, oh, geez, I lost my train of thought. Doesn't... <laughs> 65% of the people really said they didn't want him on the team. 65% of the people said they didn't want him on the team, Mike. That, that just, I mean, I shouldn't be surprised, but I'm still, I, I, I can't fathom as to why. I really can't. All right, that's a really good radio job by you, because now I remember the question I was going to ask. Do the Steelers deserve any blame for Le'Veon Bell not being here? Yeah, they miscalculated the situation. Uh, not necessarily for him not being here, but uh, I think, you know, they went into it thinking that it was going to work out the way it did last year, and they would at least get him for this year. I know they tried hard to get him to a long-term deal. They really value the guy. What, you know, what that, what ended up happening is they got left holding the bag, and I know they got some of that salary cap money back uh, week by week, and I guess they get the rest of it back in, you know, in bulk now, unless there's anything left on the shelves to go buy, but wouldn't it have been nice to have that money yes. to work with in free agency uh, or, or perhaps at the, even at the trade deadline and, uh, you know, just to get not have a big, a big hole? Uh, they've, they've covered it up so far, but that doesn't mean you couldn't be better with uh, $14.5 million worth of players. Mike Pursuit of the DVE Morning Show, Steelers Radio Network, joining us here on the Crowley Show to that point, with better players makes a better team. Where are the Steelers lacking right now? What would you say their weakness is? Because they look like a pretty darn complete football team where I'm sitting. I shouldn't say they're thin at running back, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe don't have quite the depth there that they would have wanted. You know, I think they're looking pretty good, Adam. I mean, I'm, I, they're not, uh, you know, if I was into the power pole business, they wouldn't be at the top of my power pole, but they wouldn't be far behind. Uh, you know, running back in all seriousness is is a little thin. Um, backup quarterback, I know Josh Dobbs threw a great ball in Cincinnati, but I'm not sure uh, that there's any you know logical reason to trust him for a full game or more if something should happen to Ben Roethlisberger. Still don't have a third wide receiver established. Yeah. They, you know, back to the Bell stuff. Uh, he could have lined up in the slaughter out wide with James Conner in the backfield, or Conner could have lined up. Could have lined up, excuse me, in the slaughter out wide with Bell in the backfield. I don't know if uh, James Washington is going to come on or not. I'm certainly not ready to flush him, but it's been a real disappointing regular season so far, or at least uh, a regular season that maybe disappointing is the wrong word, but he certainly did not translate all the buzz and uh, anticipation into anything tangible. Uh, you know, you got, you're lining up uh, Darius Hayward Bay and Justin Hunter in, in games that count. Uh, that's a problem. Uh, cornerback opposite Artie Burns. I'm not sure Cody Sensiball is the long-term answer. Um, and I'm not sure what they have in reserve at that position if they should suffer an injury uh, at that position. So that's a little bit of an issue as well. 
All right, I might have lied to you because I want to go back to the Le'Veon Bell well while we still can because the rest of the week, my God, I don't want to talk about it at all. But how much do you think the Steelers thought about Bell and Connor in the game at the same time? Had they been scheming with the thought that he would be back, in your opinion? I'll tell you what. Randy Feekner says they haven't been. Mike Tomlin said they haven't been. I'm going to respectfully disagree. I've known a lot of coaches in my life, including my old Uncle Dave, who uh, used to take me to the bar when I was a little kid and buy me a Coke, and then he took me to the bar when I was old enough to drink beer. And whatever I was drinking, he would invariably pick up one of those bar napkins and start Xing and Owen on it just for the hell of it. I think they've got all kind of things thought out for Le'Veon Bell. And now you can wad him up and throw him in the garbage can. Yeah, I would imagine that it would be tantalizing to think of the possibilities. And if you're a head coach, if you're a coach in general, you have to be thinking about what could happen and how you can make it work for you. Mike Pursuit of the DV Morning Show, Steelers Radio Network, joining us here on the Crowley Show. What do you think about the, his teammates, Le'Veon Bell's former now, I suppose, teammates? Uh, how much has this been wearing on them throughout the season? Do you think that there's a relief that this is all coming to an end? Yeah, I'm not sure that it is, quite frankly. Uh, as Mike Tomlin so uh, correctly read the room today and, and said, I'm sure you guys will think away. I'm up with spell questions again. You know, if somebody gets hurt, if somebody's ineffective, uh, it's going to come up again. But, I, you know, I, I think they're happy to a degree. I don't think it was that great of a burden, uh, you know, a, a terrible cross to bear that for five minutes uh, or ten minutes each week uh, they might have to entertain uh, an interview that included some Le'Veon Bell questions. Uh, I imagine they're not uh, real high on the guy right now because he did not show up to help them win. But I think had he come back, the door would have been open and all would have been forgiven and uh, it would have been, hey, let's go, let's go win. Now this is looking into the crystal ball into the future. We're allowed to do that on radio, hypotheticals, things like that. I mean, do you think anything changes with the franchise tag down the road with the CBA? I'd like to see it abolished, to be frank. I don't have a problem with it because you get a whole boatload of money. You do get a lot. Is that like if they're not playing for free? You know, it's not like oh, everybody else can be a free agent, a free agent, and you get nothing. You get the what was it, the top five percent of the league, or yes, 10%, whatever it was. I mean, it's it's a profound amount of money, and you know, everybody that plays in the NFL is not entitled to a long term contract extension sure. exactly when they want it. You know, the Steelers made him an offer. He thought it was worth more. The way the rules are set up, he he, he would have had to play through that to, to try to uh, gain, gain his free agency. If they would have tagged him again next year, he would have made, what, $23 million or something like that? That still might happen. Who knows? Uh, I don't have a problem with the rule. Uh, I'm fairly amazed that Le'Veon Bell turned the money down. Uh, you know, maybe he just doesn't understand the value of a dollar. Maybe he's already been told by some team under the table that uh, – Sit it out, and we will sign you next year, and you'll get what you want. Or maybe he's just betting on himself, and he can uh, get what he wants in free agency. Uh, you know, the story's not over. The, the, the Steelers part of 2018 is over, but uh, the saga continues. It does, and from what I hear, Mike, is that he actually has a budgeting young rap career, so maybe there's something there. Yeah, I wouldn't know anything about that, Adam. I, I honestly got won't, and... Uh, you know, uh, I'm like Bruce Willis in uh, the Last Boy Scout. Uh, howling back, how how can I make? You, I want to hear you scream, and the response is play some rap music. Yeah, and 
Le'Veon Bell's rap music will make people scream. Uh, last thing here for you, Mike, uh, along the same lines, not of rap, but of the collective bargaining agreement type stuff. Do you think he winds up getting what he wants uh, on the open market next year? I think, I think uh, there are a lot of ways to uh, assess contracts and, you know, what's guaranteed and what isn't. And that kind of, I think he's, he's going to do very well for himself, Adam. I, I think I, I, all it takes is one team, and there are teams with cap space out there, and there are teams that need them. Uh, I know you can win without a uh, you know generational type running back, but you sure as hell can win with one too. Yeah, he's gonna he, they're, they're gonna back up the brakes truck. He's gonna do just fine. I'm all over the place today, Mike. Appreciate you being on with us and having some fun, and let's do it again soon. I hope. Hey, congratulations uh, to the Mountaineers for that uh, eighth win, if you know what I mean. Yeah, kind of a big deal for uh, some of my friends, if you know what I mean. Some people thought they'd only win seven. Yeah, those people were dumb. They were wrong. See you, buddy. Later. That's Mike Pursuta, the DVE Morning Show and the Steelers Radio Network. Can you believe that people thought the Mountaineers were going to win eight games this year? Who are those people? What are you What are you guys talking about? Well, it'll be legal soon, Tom. December 1st. Not that anybody's counting. Coming up next... More Bell. I'm sorry. It's Bell me? Day. Now I'm getting a little sick. I'm sorry. The average radio listener is only around for like 12 minutes. Got to keep hitting the bell. I'm here for three hours. Ring in the bell. It's annoying. He's, he's gone. And also the Steelers' second half schedule. Not as much of a bitch as we originally thought. So there's some real football talk, too. Crowley Show. The Adam Crowley Show. Maybe I decide those tits. Teats don't need milking. Oh, it's close. That was close. Maybe I decide those te- teats don't need milking. Adam Crowley on ESPN Pittsburgh. The others don't need a squeezing. Le'Veon Bell's decision to live $14.5 million on the table is dumb from a business standpoint. I just had somebody tweet me and say, well, he's going to make at least $30 million guaranteed on the next contract. Yeah, it's the same contract he would have signed after having played for the $14.5 million this year. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind about that. I think what we need to do, people, is realize that this is his life, and he's making the decision that he thinks is best for him. And while it is stupid, he's doing what he thinks gives him the best chance to make the most money. I don't think you can fault him for that. Steelers fans, though, they're very upset because, well, they care about the Steelers first and foremost. I'm generally team player, not team team. Tim in Florida next up on the show at 412-922-2874. What's up, Tim? Uh, Not much. I just wanted to go over a thing about uh, how Steelers Nation should look at this whole thing right now. And I'm going to use an analogy that I mentioned to your guy there about the movie For Love of the Game. Great movie. Kevin Cost- yeah, Kevin Costner slash Billy Chappell is on the mound. His throwing arm is hanging by a string. He's in so much pain. His wife is leaving him, getting on a plane to London. We was going to trade him to the Giants, and Bob Dylan, in the background, for God's sake, is singing, I, <laughs> I threw it all away. <laughs> so Sinsky, Sinsky, his catcher, comes up to the mound and, and lays it all out for him. He says, because Billy... We don't stink right now. We're the best team in baseball. Mm-hmm. Right now, right this minute, because of you. You're the reason. We're not going to screw that up. 
clear the mechanism. Old Steeler Nation knows exactly what I'm talking about. Young Steeler Nation, I think, does not. We're in a place right now called Lights Out Football. We are in the here and the now. We're ranked fourth. The path ahead is laid out. The Steelers are serenely confident. Your take. Well, let me ask you this, Tim. Why does his priority have to be the team and not himself and his family? You're talking about Le'Veon? Yes. Yeah, I don't want to talk about Kevin Costner anymore. Okay. Billy Chapman. Well, you know, he made a choice. He did. But you know what I feel like? I feel like he's too ashamed to come back now. You know, he could have called up from Miami or wherever he was in Florida and said, I'm not going to be there. Why did he travel all the way up to Pittsburgh? Well, because his, his agent and him are doofuses, or doofy, the plural of doofus, because they did not understand the collective bargaining agreement, and they thought that Le'Veon Bell did need to report by Tuesday in order to accrue a season, but it turns out that that's not the case. They found that out after Le'Veon had already ventured on up here, so it's because they were dumb. That's why he's here. Well, don't you feel like he should have at least called the coach... Yes, yes. I don't I don't think anybody should disagree with that, Tim. Uh, you and I are okay. simpatico there, and I appreciate the call, and I appreciate you taking me back down memory lane for The Love of the Game, a movie that I actually have seen. Have you seen that movie? I've seen okay, For the Love of the Game. Well, he gave an absolutely beautiful synopsis about it. I mean... Is that guy Kevin Costner? Billy Chappell, first of all. Okay. We're talking about the movie, okay? Yes, but was that... Kevin Costner, who called the program to give us the oh, synopsis. Yeah, you might be right. Or the director or the writer of the movie, at least. But I love how he said Old Steelers. He called out New Steelers Nation and said, We don't get it. But, and Old Steelers Nation knows what he's talking about. But all he said before he said that was just the movie for the love of the game. <laughs> he said the plot of the movie for the love of the game and said, Clear the mechanism. Old Steelers Nation knows what I'm talking about. New Steelers Nation doesn't. I was like, what? Like, Because people didn't see the movie that was made in the 80s, most likely? Yeah. I think what he tried to say there was that Old Steelers Nation understands the team, and New Steelers Nation would think more along the lines of the player. That being said, I don't think that's even true. No. Nobody understands the player right now. At least that's the way it seems on Twitter.com, which, as we all know, is a perfect cross-section of society. I think we can break it down this way. Okay, we've been talking for what? An hour and 27 minutes only about Le'Veon Bell. I'll break it down like this. Le'Veon Bell does not need to be a villain. Le'Veon Bell needs to be seen as an idiot. And there is a big difference between the two. A villain is a bad person doing things because that gets him off. Le'Veon Bell is doing things that he thinks best serves him, even though in the long run they're going to wind up not serving him best. The $14.5 million is never going to be recouped. Your thoughts on Le'Veon Bell? Are you happy he didn't show up today? Or are you like me and upset because he would have been a damn good backup running back for James Conner? 412-922-2874. At underscore Adam Crowley on Twitter. I do have a bunch of tweets piled up that I'll get to coming up momentarily. I did tease some Steelers talk, though, that was not Le'Veon Bell related. And that's that the schedule's not a bitch in the second half the way we all thought it would be. I mean, it looked like a bear at the beginning of the season. The Saints, the Patriots, the Panthers. And now you look at it, 
Jacksonville was supposed to be good. Hell, they bludgeoned the Steelers at home in a playoff game last year. They stink right now. They flat out stink. They've got offensive line issues. Their quarterback is a sieve. The defense is not playing anywhere near as well as it played last season. And yes, while it is on the road, the Steelers are going to have revenge in their minds. So I don't see the Steelers losing that one. They then go to Denver. They're not good. Denver stinks. Denver's one of the worst teams in the AFC right now. They gave 300 yards rushing earlier on in the year to the Jets. I thought that that signified they were giving up the white flag. They're not good. The Chargers are very good. That's the next game the Steelers have after Denver. They're one of the best teams in football. They can score points. They got Bosa dealing with the injury stuff. But they can get after the quarterback. They're well-rounded as much as anybody in the AFC. But the Steelers, again, they've got them at home. And I realize that the Steelers had problems early in the season at home, but now that they've found themselves, I don't foresee them having the same kind of issues. Ask Carolina what it's like to play at Heinz Field with the Steelers clicking on all cylinders. They then go to Oakland, which was always going to be a trap game, right? It's Oakland. It's a cross-country trip. The Steelers have historically sucked there. Does anybody need a reminder of what happened with Terrell Pryor? But none of that has anything to do with now. And now... Oakland is, for my money, the worst team by far in the AFC. By far. Steelers ain't going out there and losing to them because I think it's an impossibility if you're a good football team to lose to that Oakland Raiders team. So that doesn't look like it's as difficult as it was going to be. You didn't play the Patriots. Always tough. But guess what? The Steelers should have beat them last year at home. And they're not getting them at home again. And the Steelers are a better team than New England. Are they going to win? I don't know, but... You feel better about it now the way the Steelers are playing and the way that New England's been playing. Now, there's a quarter of the season between now and then, and things can change, but the Steelers know what they are. Steelers have an identity. I don't think the Patriots know what they are. I don't think that they know if they want to be a team that runs the ball with Sonny Michelle. He just came back from injury. Do they want to be a team that throws the ball all over the damn yard? Do they want to be multiple? Is Rob Gronkowski still alive, or is he part Android? And if he's part Android, are they going to make sure to plug him in the night before? On defense, what do they do well? They're not a great pass-rushing team. So, it doesn't look as daunting. They just got housed by a team that I think is decidedly average, the Tennessee Titans. And while it was on the road, the Patriots don't get beat like that by anybody, but they did. They just got beat like that by anybody. I mean, the Titans are okay. They're going to the Saints. They're going to lose. Let's call a spade a spade there. You go on the road to New Orleans, unless you're Tampa Bay in week one of the season, you ain't sneaking up on them. Uh, That's like playing Seattle back when Seattle was the Legion of Boom. Drew Brees at home, don't care how many strides your defense has made, you're going to give up some points. And it's not to say the Steelers can't win that game, but they're not going to. Then you get the Bengals at home to end the season. Tim Benz wrote a good piece about this in Breakfast with Benz today uh, in the Trib. And it's something that I brought up a little bit last week but did not get into all that much depth on. But the Steelers are in a very good position to get one of the top two seeds in the AFC if they win three of the next four, at the very least. You win three of the next four, well, then you're 9-3-1. and one. You've got the Patriots at home, and that game would be for the number two seed. Because the Steelers right now, they're ahead of New England in percentage points, by percentage points, but they're ahead of them. So if you can get there at 9-3-1, you're guaranteed that a win will keep you in that second spot. 
And if you'd have to lose, and you're going to lose to the Saints, well, tiebreakers in the AFC, although the Steelers aren't really going to be tied with anyone due to that tie. I'm going to tie this segment up. Before we do get to the great unsponsored football segment filled with knowledge and fun brought to you by To Be Determined, burning questions edition. The Penguins are playing the New Jersey Devils tonight. And Casey DeSmith's going to be the starting goaltender. And everybody and their mothers all caught up in this goaltender controversy. It was all over them Twitter waves, the airwaves, call them inches being spent on this earlier today. Dismissed the better goalie right now. And that's why he's going to play. I think it's the right, it's, pardon me, the wrong decision, kind of an important distinction to make there, for Mike Sullivan. You're not going to win the Stanley Cup this year if Matt Murray's not the guy. You're just not. Casey DeSmith's not going to be good enough to carry you to a Stanley Cup championship, and you know that goaltenders at times in the playoffs are going to have to carry you. The goalies did it in 2017. Goalies were a big part of it in 2016. Game 7 was Marc-Andre Fleury, and yeah, that's not Matt Murray, but you need your franchise guy to be a stud, which means you've got to allow him to get back into the groove. You've got to let him play his way out of it, and right now, it does not look like that's Mike Sullivan's approach. Mike Sullivan's approach is to allow Casey DeSmith to be the guy because the Penguins are trying to pick up points. They're going to make the playoffs. But when they get to the playoffs, Matt Murray has to be the number one. Period. Up next, the great unsponsored football segment, filled with knowledge and fun, brought to you by To Be Determined, Burning Questions Edition. And I got snubbed by a national magazine. I'll explain. Crowley Show. The Adam Crowley Show. Uh, we got to earn tomorrow. That's French. <laughs> That's yeah. your French. Yes. We, me, 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 woo, poo, poo. Very good French. I agree. That was excellent. So good. I could do right, could do this. The Flyers going to win. We are going to earn tomorrow. Adam Crowley. It's not even funny. On ESPN Pittsburgh. Radio is the best. And the Steelers are the gift that just keeps on giving and giving and giving. But the way Pittsburgh collectively handled this Le'Veon Bell situation is hilarious to me. There were news cameras that were live streaming whether or not the guy that we all knew wasn't going to show up was going to show up or not. Uh, That is what news stations in Pittsburgh were covering today. Now, one of my favorite things ever from my childhood is when the Steelers go to the Super Bowl in 2005 and the entire two weeks leading up to the game, The only thing covered on the news. Children could fall from windows. Houses could burn down. The only thing covered on television was the Steelers being in the Super Bowl. If you think the legend of Ron Burgundy, Anchorman, was a parody when they're all trying to watch that thing give birth at the end, that's exactly what it's like in front of Steelers' compound. Oh, my God. They're just waiting for anything to show up. Hey, somebody's in the bushes. I think I got one. I got a shot. I got a shot. No, that's not him. I thought of this way too late today. We really should have gone down there and hopped in front of that camera and messed with people. It was like 3.45, and I thought, oh, my God, the Crowley Show really should have infiltrated that we, bitch. We should have rented, like, a limo or something like that and just, like, rolled up real slow. We stopped we out front, and then they would have been like, oh, my God, there's a limo out here. And we'd, like, wait, like, 10 minutes, and then Crowley just walks out. Oh, we should have hired a lookalike, put him in some sunglasses with a hat on. Put, put up. <laughs> yeah. Coming out of a limo. Of Could you imagine? <laughs> that is such a missed opportunity. It's also not in the budget, but oh my God, what a missed opportunity. We have a budget. Yeah, the budget is we have no money. 
uh, our show and, and really, frankly, the company. And now Le'Veon Bell didn't have any money. 14 and a half mil, gone. See you, don't need it. Jim from Monroeville wants to chime in on the saga. Hello, Jim. Hey, how's it going? It's going well. How are you? I'm living the dream, man, living the dream. Oh, that means you're having a bad day. But go on, Jim. What do you got for us? I I don't fault Le'Veon for doing what he did. It's a business decision. Yeah. Uh, one of the numbers that I haven't heard anybody throw out is the intrinsic value of what is the cost of not having 300 carries? What's the cost of, you know, coming out, no injuries, no uh, off-season issues? There is a dollar value associated with that. You Maybe. know, he, he does have money. That's why he pays for cheap strippers, because he's frugal. You <laughs> yeah, know? yeah, he's really got a good value of money there, Jim. Uh, no, not at all. He, he would not have left $14.5 million on the table. And whatever he would make up for not having the carries on his body this year, it's not going to be fourteen and a half mil. Not guaranteed. So if Le'Veon Bell's now healthy for the next four years and he blames this year, he says, well, it's because I sat out that year. Well, okay, whatever money it makes him on the back end, he just would have made in the front. Uh, and it's probably never going to even out. I wanted to mention this before we get to the great unsponsored football segment filled with knowledge and fun brought to you by To Be Determined. Forbes released its list of 30 media members under 30. And I was not included. And it's really starting to wear on me now that I've only got two years left of eligibility. I'm worried I'm never going to make it. It's such a lame joke. What do you mean a joke? It's a lame joke. What do you mean a joke? Look, every radio host across the country is doing that same joke today right now that you just did. Uh, no, not except everyone. Except for the 30 Tom, that are on the list. Tom, here's, okay, except here's for the, the 30 on the list. But other than those 30, and they're all making the same joke. And there are a lot of old radio jo- people out there. I'm one of the few young good ones. They're all making the same joke. Nope. Here's the difference, Tom. The rest of them don't believe they should actually be on that list. Crowley really feels deep down that he's slighted you by not being on You think this is genuine? Yes, I know it's genuine. Forbes got me, too, because I read the whole damn list. Yeah. No, he was looking. Yeah. No, guaranteed he wants on that list. Thought you might sneak in at 30. You kept looking at the bottom. To the well, I started end. at 30, and I was working my way down. <laughs> oh, so. And once I got past 15, I figured, I'm probably not going to be on this he one. He kept hope going all the way up to one. I think he should have been on it. I should have been on it. Can really write, bummed can, out by the fact that I wasn't. Can we write, like, a letter to the editor or something? To Forbes? A little complaint, maybe? Should, hey, Tom, actually, why who put that together? Yeah, let me get a name. Forbes. Why don't you give get me, that give person together, and we'll ask let me him get why Crowley's not on. Oh, I don't know. Forbes. Forbes. Who slighted you? Forbes. You don't know who slighted you? Just call slighted Forbes. Me. Forbes. Call, call Forbes. Forbes. Send an email to Forbes <laughs> right now. Forbes at SteveForbes.com. I you get imagine. me a name on who slighted you, and I'll find out if we can get this person. Sources are telling me it's Steve Forbes. Here's the problem. Le'Veon didn't show up today, and I bet my house journalistically last week that he was going to show up today. Now things change between now and then, and the sources have even intimated to me over the last couple of days that my initial report was wrong, even though it was correct at the time. Had that all worked out, had that not been up in the air even, I'd have been top 15. Easy. Got this one from Joey Bag of Donuts. That caller was a plant. There's no way one of your (laughs) listeners knows what intrinsic means. (laughs) Yeah, I was wondering that too. I had to look up intrinsic real quick. It's like, oh, that guy knows what he's talking about. He taught me a little something. He dropped intrinsic. Intrinsic. I don't know anyone on this list. Who are these people? They're all journalists. What the hell is that? Which is crap. You don't want to be on this list. I want to be on all lists. Name someone on that list. Rachel Zerl? Oh, man, she's great. 
How about Sarah Audler? Never heard of her. Mackenzie Barth? Never heard of her. Now, that's the one that irked me. I should have been ahead of Mackenzie Barth. Those two co-founded Spoon University. What's that about? More like Mackenzie Barth, am I right? Get her off this list. (laughs) Clint Smith, author. (laughs) That's not even media. That's a made-up name. That's a book. Made-up name. You you don't want anything. Oh, that chick's hot. You don't want anything to do with this list. I want I want to be on all lists under 30. Layla Alawa. What time is it, Tom? And now it's time for the great unsponsored football segment filled with knowledge and fun. Brought to you by To Be Determined. Woo! Burning questions edition. Woo! Saquon Barkley. After the game last night, said that everything the Giants want is still right in front of them. At two and seven, does that mean cutting Eli? I don't know. Eli had three touchdowns last night. He looked pretty elite last night, if you know what I'm saying. He missed a couple of big-time throws to their only elite player that's not Saquon, Odell Beckham Jr. Doesn't it look like he's in so much pain when he throws the football now? It looks like he's putting everything he has in it. It's kind of like in that movie Rookie of the Year. Gary Busey throwing that one last game out there. He's throwing Eli's throwing one last one last game out there to beat the two and seven Niners in San Francisco. You love it. That's a champion. So OBJ's saying that everything the Giants want is right in front of them. Saquon is. I mean Saquon. Okay, so he said that. Well, it is because that's where Eli's overthrowing them, right in front of them <laughs> and behind them and over them. Inside. Everything the Giants want is about five to seven yards in front of them, <laughs> and they can't get their fingers on it. <laughs> Burning question number two. Oh, hot, 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 hot. After last night, do you think the NFL would have played the game if the stadium was on fire? Yes, I believe so. <laughs> they did not care about air quality. They did not care about the quality of the football game as evidenced by them putting those two teams in that stadium on Monday Night Football. But it was a freaking fog bowl. They don't care about the players. Player safety, my ass. If if the teams are two and seven. Wait till the black lung lawsuits come out. Because they move the t- they move the game from Mexico if the field's bad if they're eight, two nine and one teams. But if it's two and seven versus two and seven, who cares? Let them die. They don't. They don't matter. <laughs> Those teams are done. One. They're not making the playoffs. Take one for the league. By the way, it's Levi Stadium. So if that stadium would have been on fire, it would have been pants on fire headlines all over the place. Oh, no. Oh, no. I guess we move on to burning question number three. Oh, hot, 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 hot. Ironically, given the subject matter from before, Sean Payton broke a fire alarm at Paul Brown Stadium that would not shut up before they beat the Bengals 51-7. You guys ever busted a smoke alarm? Who has not been there? In fact, I had to bust my carbon dioxide alarm up the other night. Thing wouldn't shut up. So I busted up, and then I got all worried because there might actually be carbon dioxide. Monoxide. Monoxide, sorry. That's bad, too, <laughs> Thank you. Brian. You yeah, don't want to yeah. shut those yeah. off. But that thing went off, and I, 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 was all, out. I was on my couch, like, ripping it off my wall for it to shut up. Did you possibly think about the fact that maybe there could be carbon monoxide? I did, after the fact. I was the more concerned about the noise immediately. The silent killer, you know, the odorless smell that that alarm is supposed to go off for to signify that you should get the hell out of your house before yeah. you die? Yeah. No? No, I'm okay. pretty good with it. Well, you didn't die, so it wasn't no, carbon, so it wasn't carbon monoxide. 
I mean, I'm all electric. Where could that be coming from? <laughs> Fingers crossed. You live in a complex. I do. Yeah. They all could have died. Yeah. Oh, my God. Blood on your hands. Thought. It was the middle of the night. I was tired. I just wanted to go back to sleep. I was actually tired, and my vision was a little foggy. I was kind of dizzy. So I just wanted to go back to bed. <laughs> there is nothing more annoying than the chirp, though. There's not. And my wife and I were once in the middle of a fight. And our smoke alarm would not stop chirping, not stop chirping, not stop chirping, chirping. And I, in a fit of rage, got a chair from downstairs, stood on the chair, pulled off the fire alarm, and spiked that mother bleeper on the ground. I thought you were going to say you took the chair and threw the chair at the fire, the smoke alarm. You're just like, enough! No, I've got an Eli Manning arm. Yeah, it would not have worked out. Have you ever broken one? No, I haven't. I, I usually, whenever they start going off, I take a towel and I just start waving underneath it until it stops. That's when there's actual smoke. <laughs> Burning question number four. Would the Saints have beat the Bengals by more if not distracted by a fire alarm? Valid point. Do you think they drop a 60 burger instead of a 50 burger? Can we stop with the burgers already? We don't like burgers. No. Yeah, where'd that even come from? I don't know. It's annoying. Sarah Spain was doing it all. It was like with uh, money first, right? horrible. Money was the first... Oh, like no. thing that they used to turn with burger, yeah, right? Like they'd be like, "I'll give you a fifty burger for winning that bet." I'll give you a fifty taco. Let's make that a thing. Yes, it's a fifty taco. <laughs> the Steelers <laughs> dropped on the Panthers this Thursday. Fifty taco. But earning question number five. Oh, hot, 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 hot. I always find a way to bring race into it. The Bills <laughs> cut Nathan Peterman. Had he been good but knelt during the national anthem, would he have been cut sooner? What are, I mean, what a kind of question is that? What do you mean? You this doing? is just like Why the Keelan question last week. I hate the these stupid race. questions that you throw in. What do you mean? You're stoking the fire. I thought that I could hide my race-baiting question in the middle of the great unsponsored football segment filled with knowledge and fun-burning questions edition. You basically wanted to ask a why was Peterman in the league and not Kaepernick question without saying the name Colin Kaepernick. So you said if he was good but knelt, you think he's gone? You tried A.K.A. Colin Kaepernick? You tried to sneak some sports radio in there. I see what you did. (sighs) Seriously, though, why did it take so long to cut Peterman? I don't know. (laughs) He threw an interception one of every ten passes he threw in the league. Ben Roethlisberger threw it 47 times against the Ravens. That would have been a 50, or pardon me, pardon me, got burger stuck in my head. That would have been five <laughs> interceptions in that game. That's five pretty taco. Pretty damn bad. Would have been a five taco. Burning <laughs> question number six. Oh, hot, 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 hot. Is there anything more NFL than the best two teams in the league playing in a swamp in Mexico this weekend? <laughs> Which they are no longer playing in a swamp in Mexico this weekend. What? What? The game got moved to L.A. How oh, so that? they're just playing in a forest fire. Yes. Swamp fire. Okay, let me... Can I do... I'm going to do... Okay, I'm going to amend this. I'm going to add a new burning question. Yeah. Burning question number seven. Oh, hot, 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 hot. Hot, 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 hot. Is there anything more NFL than having the two <laughs> worst teams in football play in a stadium where the air quality is bad and then moving a game between the two best teams in the NFL to a place where the field quality is actually improved. It's very NFL to have to say, you know what, the injury risk is so high on this bad field down in Mexico, let's move them to the smog-infested stadium in, the, in L.A. Who cares about their lungs? Suffocation doesn't quite make the headlines that other things do, so you can get away with that. Exactly. They got oh. oxygen machines on the sidelines. Yeah. Suffocation. No breathing. Don't give up. Don't sing.
Beep. I mean, there's no stop, drop, and roll there. You can't, especially during the anthem. There's nothing you can do. Especially during the anthem. Do not That's stop. That's right. Definitely no drop. You, you burn you with stop. that flag. You can stop, but do not drop. No. And definitely don't roll. Don't roll. See? <laughs> Hell no. See, yeah. Brian now working the sports radio in there. Why? What? what did I do? Oh, race baiting there. No, no race baiting. Yeah. Anthem baiting. I just said stop and drop. Don't drop. No, don't drop. Just stop. During the anthem. Stop and stand and salute. Yeah. Coming that's up next. You, that's how you get out of a fire. Stop, stop stand, stand, salute. salute. <laughs> if you're ever on fire, you stop, stand, salute. The fire will extinguish itself. That's the new NFL rule. They're going to release that for this weekend only. America will save you from the perils of that fire. <laughs> Patriot, you, you don't suffocate if you're patriotic. America. Woo! That's the greatest buzzer football statement filled with knowledge and fun brought to you by a To Be Determined Burning Questions Edition. Woo! Coming up next, are you happy Le'Veon Bell didn't show up? Or are you like me? Sad. 412-922-2874. It's a Crowley Show.